chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter number 5. And we've been talking about the fear of the Lord. And so, you know, I believe this, guys. To fear God is, is to fear Him more than man. To fear God is, is more than to fear sin, okay? I, I fear God, and so living with a, a holy fear for the Lord must become etched in our hearts. I mean, we've got to get that on the inside. And I'm not talking about a fear of terror. I'm, I'm talking about a reverential fear, because Father God only comes where He's reverenced. Now, we're going to look at another area of the fear of the Lord. I don't know how many more weeks I've got to go on this. I, I've kind of figured this out. It may not be helping you any, but it sure is helping me. Yanking the slack out of me again. Okay, Deuteronomy 5, pick up with me in verse 23. So it was when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness, while the mountain was burning with fire, that you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders. And you said, surely... The Lord our God has shown us His glory, His greatness, and we have heard His voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet He still lives. Now therefore, why should we die for this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more than we shall die? For who is there of all flesh who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived? So they say this, You go near... And hear all the Lord our God may say, and tell us that the Lord our God says to you, and we will hear and do it. Now, these were the leaders of Israel, and they were telling Moses, listen buddy, we want you to go up and to hear from God, and then you come back and you tell us what God is saying. Now, I believe the reason they're saying this is because they knew Moses feared God, but they didn't. They didn't fear him, and I believe that these passages of Scripture will prove this out here. Keep reading with me. Verse 28. Then the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spoke to me, and the Lord said to me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people which they have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Now, when they said this right, or when the Lord said this right here, they're right. I believe this had to shock Moses. He was like, what do you mean they're right? They've never been right. All they've done is caused you a bunch of issues. But look what the Lord says in verse 29. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me. Now I believe this, this bears witness to what I said earlier. Because he said, oh, I, I wish or I desire that they had a heart that feared me. So this goes back to that. They didn't fear God. Moses did. Now, how do we know they didn't fear him? Look what he says in this next part. That they would fear me and always keep all my commandments that it may be well with them and with their children forever. And so if you begin to look here, guys, if they had possessed a fear for God, they would have, if they would have possessed a godly reverence or a fear for him, guys, they would have obeyed him. And so when I look at this, part of the fear of the Lord is not just to reverence Him, but it's to obey Him. Now note real, real closely in the last part of verse 29, he said that it may be well with them and their children forever. And so something happens when we begin to fear God and we begin to obey God 
But I believe this comes from even the, the uh, upbringing of our children. That we teach through our children, you've got to fear God. And to fear God is to obey God. And when we fear God and we obey God, I love the promise that it'll be well with us forever. Now, to go a little bit farther, he repeats himself this way in chapter 6, verse 1. Look what he goes on to say, verse 1 and 2. Now, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, and you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes, his commandments, which I command you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. And so he repeats it again. And right here, I believe when he starts repeating itself over and over like he does, he's saying, you guys, you got to get it. you got to get a hold of this. Now look with me in Isaiah. Go back to your right, Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66. I believe with the Israelites at that time, very similar to us guys, they desired comfort over obedience. Now guys, I can never put my life's comfort above obedience. Now I'm going to read you as we're turning to Isaiah 66. I'm going to read you a couple different Proverbs tonight from the message. This is uh, Proverbs 24, verse 21 and 22 in the message. Fear God, dear child. And then it says, respect your leaders. Now when I read that, he says, fear God and respect your leaders. Once again, I believe he's telling us one way that the fear of God is revealed in your life is the way you respect your leaders. Now I guess, I guess you know, or not guess, but think about this in your life. Who's leaders in your life? It can be a boss. It, it, can, it can be, actually your parents are your leaders and your guys. It can be our congressmen and senators, our governor. It can be our president. And so he's telling us something here that I believe we got to get a hold of. And the last part of the message says here, don't be defiant or mutinous. Without warning, your life can turn upside down and who knows how or when it might happen. What's that talking about, guys? You don't honor people. You don't respect people, guys. And this is just a warning here, but I believe he's telling us this is another way to fear of God. Now, the Bible's very clear that all, all authority has been, been given by God. And so we got to honor this thing. You know, I can stand before you tonight, and I can tell you right now, I'm not always real thrilled with our congressmen and senators right now. Actually, there's times that I've been pretty defined, and I thought, I wish every one of them would get fired. Bunch of gutless wonders. But you know what? I can sit here and complain and use all my, my energy about criticizing Rick Perry, whether you like him or not. But you know what would be the best thing I believe when we can do? Just pray for people. Just begin to pray for them. And what happens with people in leadership roles? God will deal with them. God will deal with them. Now, that's just one of the Proverbs I want to give you tonight. Isaiah 66, verse 1. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? 
And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord, but on this one will I look. Now, right there the Amplified says, but this is the man to whom I will look and have regard. Now, I want us to note and pay very close attention right here for the type of man or human being the Lord is looking for. Look what it says. On him who is a poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Now note here, guys, the Lord is not looking for people that have high IQs. It doesn't say anything about God is looking for people that got all kinds of degrees or titles in front of their name. It doesn't say God is looking for people that are good looking on the front cover of magazines. It doesn't say nothing about God is looking for people with great abilities. It does say that He is looking for the humble, the broken, ones that tremble and reverence His word. The message says there that they reverently are responsive to what I say. Now this is what God looks for. I know this isn't what man looks for, but this is what God looks for. Now i got to ask myself, do I fall in any of those categories? How many of you have ever trembled at His Word? And I look at that, and I think, Maybe we ought to begin to pray that, Lord, help us. I want to tremble at your word. When I see what the word of God says, that I just shake at it. I tremble at it. Verse 3. He who kills a bull is if he slays a man. And he who sacrifices a lamb is if he breaks a dog's neck. Now what he's talking about here, guys, is acts of worship that are nothing more than just acts of sin. They just go through the motion. There's, there's no uh, justice or reverence or sincerity with it. And he goes on to say, He who offers grain offering is he offers swine's blood. He who burns incense is if he blesses an idol. Just if they have chosen their own ways, their self-serving their self or self-centered way, and their soul delights in their, in their abominations. So I will choose their delusions. I will expose their nonsense. And I will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, no one answered. They ignored me. When I spoke, they did not hear. They brushed me off. But they did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I do not delight. They chose in that which I hate. So I believe once again here, guys, we can get over just right here in this, and, and we can have a bunch of religious ritualisms we go through, but if they're not done from my heart, and if they're not done with sincerity, there's no need doing them. And then also, he jumps over here, that you've you got to start lining your lives up with my word. Don't do the things that God hates. And you know that one song we sang? Break my heart, Lord, with what breaks yours. Man, what would begin to happen if we would pray that Father God put that in me? Break my heart with what breaks yours. And so you get in a little bit of an idea here on what Isaiah is talking about and what God is looking after. Now keep going to your right. Go to the book of Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. And as you're turning to Malachi 3, I'm going to give you another, 
another proverb tonight that has really, really jumped out to me. It's Proverbs chapter 23, 17 and 18 in the message. It says, don't for a minute envy careless rebels. Now you know who a rebel is? People that will not come under authority, okay? But soak yourself in the fear of God. Soak yourself in the fear of God. Now listen to what it says about that. That's where your future lies. Soak yourself. Man, what would happen if we begin to pray that? Lord, soak me in the fear of God, Lord. Or I, I tremble at your, I tremble at obeying you, Father God. I want to be pleasing in you. I want to reverence you. Now here's the key about all that, guys. I don't have to honor God and I don't have to obey God because I feel like God's got me in a headlock. You're going to obey. If it's the last thing you're going to, you're going to, God's never done that with me. But when you have obedience and a heart that says, Lord, I want to please you, it's an honor. It's a privilege to obey the Word of God. And once again, you can look at this analogy in my own life. As a sinner, you know what sinners do? They sin. I enjoyed sinning back then. I mean, the world didn't have to get me in a headlock and say, you're going to do this. To no, I did it willingly. I did it. I sinned good. But when I got born again to think that God's got to drag me around in that no. I look forward to obeying Father God, guys. Now, it's not a struggle. You know why? When I line my life up with the Word of God, I get blessed. I get blessed. And let me highlight that word blessing here for a little bit with you. I'm not talking about the blessings of man-made stuff. God's not against that. I'm not talking about, whoo, I get blessed where I'm driving an Ashton Martin. I'm blessed because I, I wear Louis Vuittons. I'm blessed because I have... No, no, I'm talking about the blessings of God, about peace and joy and, oh, Father God, just a relationship in my heart that is based on Him. A peace that when I lie down at night... And I think, wow, I get to serve the living God. Okay? That's kind of what I'm talking about. And so it comes from just getting into a place and I say, you know what, I'm going to honor you, Lord. I want to reverence you. It shouldn't be a struggle to serve God, okay? Some of you looking at me, you got to be kidding. No, I'm not, I'm not. All right. Malachi 3, verse 1. Behold, I will send my messenger... And he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Now I want to highlight something right there. He says he will suddenly come to his temple. It doesn't say that he will suddenly come for his temple. It says he will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? Now note there, there's a question mark. He's asking this question, who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. Now, what he's doing here is Malachi is fixing to give every one of us two outcomes. Not three There's just two right here, okay? 
So he's saying when the Lord comes, this is what's going to happen. Verse 3, the Lord will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and he will purge or refine them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years. Now what he's saying this, guys, is he's going to refine ones. He's going to purify ones. And the ones that he's going to refine and the ones that he's going to purify are those who fear him. How do you know that? Let's keep reading, okay? Verse 5. And I will come near you for judgment. The message says, I am on my way to visit you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers. Those who practice witchcraft. Against adulterers. The sexual immorals. Against perjurers. You know who perjurers? Liars. So guess what he's telling you here? There's going to be judgment come upon you. Get ready. And he goes on to say, against those who exploit wage earners. They cheat people out of their money. And widows and orphans. Do you know where we are commanded to take care of widows and orphans? And he ends up saying, and against those who turn away an alien. Why? Because they do not fear me says the Lord of hosts. So he says here, I'm going to judge those hearts of those who don't fear me. So this tells me then, the ones who do fear me, he said, I'm going to purify you. I'm going to get you where you're a, a great offering to me. Now I believe, guys, one of the ways we get there is we welcome the Holy Spirit to convict us. We say, Holy Spirit, come on the inside. Convict me of sin. Convict me of wrongdoing. I want the things of God in my life. And so the only way that happens is when He convicts me of sin, then I repent of sin, okay? If you're in a place in your life where the Holy Spirit's not convicting you, you need to ask Him to convict. Come back in and convict me. You know, I told a story months ago now. And we had a guy who had messed up in life and he had served a little bit of time and, and he got out and he came to church and he's all fired up about God. And before long, he quit, quit coming very often. And I said to his wife, I said, man, I've missed you guys coming here. And she said, yeah, my husband, he doesn't want to come no more. And I said, have I offended him? She said, no. He said, I don't like to go there because every time I go there, I get convicted. Well, duh. Crud, who doesn't? That's, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't convict us to condemn us. There's difference between conviction and condemning. Condemnation comes from the devil. Condemnation says you're sorry, you're no good. But conviction says, I want the best for you. And so this guy quits coming to church because he doesn't want to get convicted. Before long, he loses his job. Before long, his wife divorces him. Before long, he loses his His life is a wreck. And I see this more and more in our society, guys. Actually, I dealt with a situation today. 
A situation today. People aren't even in the church. And I was told, this guy is in an affair. He's not in an affair. He's in sexual sin. We're not even going to call it an affair, okay? He's in sexual sin. And now he wants, he wants God to bail him out. And you know what I said? One of his biggest issues is he doesn't go to a church where the Holy Spirit's at. Because if you go to a church where the Holy Spirit, you're going to get convicted, okay? Now, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. I'm just saying, guys, this is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will get us to a place where there's a fear in my life. Same chapter. Thank you for being excited about this. Malachi 3, verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So the Lord took a book of remembrance that was written before Him for those who fear the Lord, those who meditate or esteem His name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on that day that I will make them my jewels. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked. And listen, how do I discern between the righteous and the wicked? Between one who serves God and one who does not serve God. Pretty clear, isn't it? And so right there, he's defining the fear of the Lord for us again. I've got to serve God. I've got to serve God with an open heart. And begin to look at him and say, Lord, I, I want to change. I want to live for you. Now guys, I'm not preaching being perfect, okay? But I am preaching that when we make mistakes, we repent. And we get back up. And we should have a place in our life where sin bothers us. Before I got born again, sin never bothered me. It never. Actually, I enjoyed sinning. Because that's what sinners do. And then I gave my heart to Jesus. And all of a sudden, when I would do the things that I used to do, something would convict my heart. Well, you know what something was? That was Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit saying, listen, I want to change you, but you got to hook up with me. And the more I live with a fear, and the more I reverence God, the more I begin to grow in the things of God. And my life gets better and better, not only here on earth, but for eternity. Woo, I'm telling you guys, there's days that eternity is really, really appealing to me right now. Real, heaven is really a, a thought. And you can look at things going on right now. You know, lawlessness is bounding. I mean, the things of this world are just getting crazy. And some of you are working at places where you're seeing the things of the world just really be multiplied right now. But you want to know another thing? When you start seeing these catastrophes that are happening, tornadoes, earth, Jesus warned us of these things. He said, these will be the signs of the end time. Now, how many of you watched anything about the tornado there in Oklahoma City and you heard meteorologists, you heard reporters say this, I've never seen this before. I've never seen this devastation. I've never seen this wind speed. I've Over and over and over. You know what this is all saying? He's coming back. Well, pastor, I've heard that for 53 years. He's coming back, guys. He's going to come back. Luke chapter 12. 
We'll hit one more scripture tonight. Luke chapter 12. Now I will tell you this. Next week I'm going to talk on the fear of the Lord, but it's going to be totally different than this. It is going to change drastically. And it'll be something that I think you guys will say, Amen, instead of oh me. It'll get you excited, I promise you. Okay? You know, there's time, I'm telling you guys, there's times in my life that I will play tug of war with the Lord, and I'll tell him, I'm not going to speak on that. I'm not going to do it. And I'll sense him say, yes, you are. And I'll talk to the Lord just like that. And I'll say, no, I'm not going to speak on that, Lord. I'm not going to do it. Because people get mad at you. We don't like to hear that stuff. You know, there was a while back, and I talked about some sexual sin in my own life when I was growing up, and I'm telling you, the Lord had dealt with me and dealt with me. And all the way on Sunday morning, from the time I got here, I told the Lord, I'm not doing it. I'm changing the whole thing. I'm going to speak on love. People like when you talk about love. Can we love one another? And so I sat right there and I said, Lord, I'm not going to do it. And man, I got up there to preach and the Holy Spirit came upon me and I talked about it. And I'm telling you, I'll never forget that Sunday. The Spirit of God moved within people. They could identify with what was going on. And so I said, ah, thank you, Lord. That's not that bad. The second service gets ready to start. And I come walking in and my mom and dad are sitting on the front row. And I said, oh, my God. I'm done, Lord. I'm not speaking on that in front of my mother. And you know what my mother said? She said, everything you talked on wasn't nothing I didn't already know. <laughs> and so I thought, well, there you go. Even, you know, God knows everything. So does your mother. So there's times, guys, you just surrender to the Lord and say, all right, Father God, this is who we are. This is what we've done. And my life is an open book, Okay. Luke chapter 12. I better keep going before I get in trouble. Verse 1. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so they trampled one another, Jesus began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees in which is hypocrisy. Now the leaven, guys, it signifies the evil doctrine of the Pharisees. All it was was religion, okay? Verse 2. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden, that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. So guess what he's saying here? I don't care who you are, you can't hide your sin. You can't cover them up, guys, because he's telling you right here in verse 3 or 4, Everything that we've done is going to be unmasked, okay? It's not going to be a secret to God. So one, you know, if God knows everything already, which He does, I mean, we might as well confess it. And yeah, Father God, I've sinned. I've blown it again today. And one of the things about uh, uh, repentance, guys, is understand. Repentance is taking responsibility for my actions. Repentance is taking responsibility for my choices. In other words, don't go to God and say, you know, Lord, I did this, but Raul was there with me. Raul made me. No. To repent is where you, you take full responsibility and say, Father God, I did this. And I want you to know I'm, I'm totally responsible for my choices. 
My actions and my behaviors. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I believe with all my heart, God loves it. How do you know that? John 8, 32 says, Only, only the truth will set you free. Only the truth. Truth in any arena will set you free. And I'm going to tell you right now, truth will come out. And so, ah, this is what happened, Lord. I'm just going to go ahead and confess it. Verse number 4. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do to you. Now he's saying, don't be afraid of humans. Don't be afraid of those who can kill you physically. You know why he's telling us that? Because that's just temporal, okay guys? That's just temporal. So look what he goes on to say here. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed you has the power to cast you into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Now the reason he tells me that, guys, is God's judgment is final. God's judgment is eternal. Now, I want to make two quotes here real quick. There's a huge difference between the fear of God and regular fear, okay? The fear of God is a thing called trust. I trust you, Father God. I trust your word. I trust your character. I trust who you are. So therefore, I have a reverential fear for you. The other fear can be found, you know, in 2 Timothy 1.7. He said, I, I, I did not give you a spirit of fear. The fear that comes from the devil or the things of the world is a fear that terrorizes you. Okay? Those are opposite of each other. Totally opposite. So anytime there's a fear of terror or something bad happening in your life, that isn't coming from God, okay? But when there's a fear of God that comes and says, you know what? I'm going to obey here because I trust you, Lord. I trust you. And oh, it is awesome to put your life in the hands of a living God. To trust Him and say, Father God, my, my eternity is based on you. My livelihood is based on you. Everything I do, you know the Bible tells us, in Him we live and move and have our being. Everything is in Him. And so when I live by what God has told me, man, my life is well. When, when, when I obey God in, in, my, in my own individual walk, my life is well. When I obey God in the things of marriage, my marriage is well. Well, we tried that. It doesn't work. Well, you're a special case then. It'll work, okay, guys? You do the Word of God, the Word of God will work. You, you, you do the Word of God with your family, with your children. Oh, we've tried that. It never works. You don't know my kid. He's triple ADD. You're a special case. You're saying God created you totally. God didn't know what He meant when He wrote. No, God knows everything, guys. He's all-knowing. He's all-loving. He's all-caring. Caring. And so, when I begin to give my heart to Him and say, Lord, I want to live for you. I want to live with a passion for you. You know, stand on your feet here. I'm going to get you out of here with this, maybe.
You know, many times in my life growing up, especially as a man, as a man, you know, you don't you don't show your emotions. You don't ever cry in front of people. You don't let people see you cry. And so, you know, we all grow up with that as men. You know, we're. Mar-